I must really like you guys if I'm doing this recording on Monday Night Football um, instead of sitting in a bar right now getting shit-faced and wallowing in my own misery. But if anybody is listening, knows on a mon- on this Monday night, the Jets are miserable. So that's that. Anyway, um, what everybody do this weekend? I, uh, I, I managed to see The Equalizer 3 last night, and I watched uh, TMNT last week, Mutant Mayhem. And then today I watched the last voyage of the Demeter and then uh, Asteroid City. So I've been trying to catch up on everything that I've missed somewhere in the middle of the summer. I uh, I didn't do very much. Uh, took Jayhawk to Collision on Saturday. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, well, the Collision so- portion of the show got me. We had the two drunk guys behind us and the one thought he knew wrestling and didn't. Yeah, he like called like the Luchadors local guys under masks, even though they're like famous luchadors local and, guys under a mask yeah, what? <laughs> local guys they paid 50 dollars to to get grand, beat up grand metallic and gravity <laughs> uh, like, yeah like he called them jobbers and he's like i've never heard of, uh, of these guys and it's like well gravity's been on television like three times in the last month so you obviously don't watch the product yeah and i know we're fear can moved away from lucha underground but aerostar has like been on television in the united states like oh you had aerostar i didn't even realize because I, I wasn't home that night i was at a birthday party for my sister-in-law on the beach so i had no tv that night so aerostar was in that match yeah and so yeah. was drago under his new name what is he what's the new name now it's some fucking long drawn out bullshit i'm not remember he can't be drago anymore <laughs> he they changed his like there's a new guy that plays drago and he's a new character huh but he wears the same shit, basically. <laughs> so you're saying you're Drago. No, no, I'm this. No, no, you're Drago, right? No, no. Okay, got it, Drago. I'll see you in a bit. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, then like during uh, Chris Statlander's match, they decided to make a bunch of transphobic comments and, and you know, basically uh, hint around that they thought that uh, Chris Statlander has a penis, so. Well, she definitely doesn't, but that's really rude. And she's, I love Chris Statlander. Why do people need to drag everybody down? So stupid. And, and like, I, I expected these guys to be like, maybe like, you know, like late 20s, early 30s. And when I turned around, they were definitely in their 50s. I was like, really, guys? That's your town, you guys. That's your place over there in Cleveland. I'm not Cleveland, though, too, motherfucker. I mean, no, don't it, was definitely, it was definitely a moment where they were going to get slapped, but, you know, I didn't want to leave jayhawk uh up there without a way home so was it was it just the two of you yeah well oh, then fun. like during the roh tapings we went over and sat with uh trombetta and uh paul and uh ed uh Battis was there and we we saw you know they had a bunch of seat fillers that were moving around so uh that may or may not have been members of the main event and west barkley and uh we also saw every member of the 27 club sitting up in the even higher seats. Uh, that oh, that's we, fun. We got to see. Uh, they were all there, you know, just to watch, uh, you know, maybe maybe this guy named Dominic Greeny that we know wrestle uh, on ROH. So, How'd that know. match go, by the way? The match, like, was, the match was, was really match, good. <laughs> yeah, the match, the match was actually really good for what it was, but it was like, okay, you've got three minutes, go. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, that yeah, sucks. It was, it was just Dominic. It was Dominic against Josh Wood. And it was good while it lasted, but they would like, here's a bunch of technical wrestling, and here's the finish. And yeah, they like, called him the technical it. beast, but then they did a bunch of technical wrestling, and Dom basically could have wrestled circles around this guy. And then uh, his finish was like a spinning uh, like suplex into the corner that didn't make any sense because he literally didn't work any part of Dom to make that a finish. But whatever, I guess. 
Oh, I hate that shit. Just thrown hastily together matches for Ring of Honor. We were really hoping it was going to be Dom versus Claudio, but we didn't get that. So, and Koo was on that too, wasn't he? There that night. Yeah, yeah he, he, he was in a six man tag at the in the opening. Yeah, that was for what? What, what was that for? That, that was ROH, ROH also. It was for R- ROH as well. Yeah. How long is the tapings for Collision? Is it as long as uh, Dynamite? Uh, so there was two matches before Collision started at eight. Then collision from eight to ten, and then uh, the, it went another two hours after. Yeah. Oh just, my God! You guys yeah. were there till after midnight. Just before it was like eleven fifty kick or something. I I think when the last match ended and Tony Khan came out, started like shaking hands with the people at ringside that stuck around. Yeah, dude. Oh it was, my God! Every time we thought we were gonna get ready to leave, they brought out somebody else. Like after Dom's match, we're like, all right, let's go. And then Ethan Page came out, so we stayed for Ethan Page's match. And then after Ethan Page, uh, the Workhorseman wrestled. And then after that, like Willow wrestled. And then after that, who was in the main event that we stayed for? Oh fuck! Um, Ar Fox. And... Yeah, Ar Fox and uh, uh, Tony Nice. Ugh. And no yeah, and then Darby came out, and people were like, you know, oh, for Darby, it's like, yeah, fuck you. He's a piece of shit. Oh my god. Yeah, I uh, I. You know, it, he took that really is, ridiculous bump off the top rope, and I really, I hope it hurt him really bad because fuck him. Who who won? Darby didn't win that match, though, right? Correct. He did not. Roderick Strong won that. I can't believe they're doing the whole Roderick Strong thing. I I, I don't mind it, but you know, it's kind of surprising. It's, it's, that he's that's, got a storyline with Adam Cole, so it makes sense that him and Samoa Joe would be the two to to be in the finals of that. Like I called that as soon as they announced the matches. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, those two are they going to be the two that. And I have a feeling it's going to end in some type of like draw where so it's yeah. going to be a triple threat. Like I like that Samoa Joe, um, Samoa Joe, if he could win the title, I'd love him to kind of carry the title for a bit. I have no problem with it. Yeah, I don't know why they have him like specifically through ROH as like their ROH TV champ. It doesn't make any sense if they're going to like push him so heavy on AEW television. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what he's thinking there, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, I um. I, I I think, uh, you know, I think the more you showcase guys who are good sensed and can understand how to, you know, run a show like the right way, like Joe and Danielson and all these dudes, the better off you're going to be. If you're if you're a W, you want good vibes back, you run those dudes out there. I think that that's just my opinion. Or you can listen to the guy from no DQ and uh, get rid of Dan Housen and uh, the Dark Order and um uh uh action brunson who nobody knows who that is um who was yeah. the dude from no dq i don't know some fucking jackass that thinks he he's he knows what he's talking about and i literally tagged dan Housen in it uh it was pretty fucking funny to see dan Housen dunk on him too so it was pretty great huh but yeah I, it's I like want uh, dan Housen's like one of the top three merch movers for your company now that you fired cm punk yeah you're not gonna fucking fire dan Housen. like dan yeah, Housen's brother- not even on television and he's selling more merch than 90% of people. He had more merch at the booth at Collision than everybody else. So. Yeah, my brother and uh, and my brother and I were talking about Dan Housen the other day. He was like, where is he? And I said, you know, I think he's hurt. I think he's pretty badly hurt. However, um, you know, they, they need him back. Like, Remember when Cody Rhodes got hurt and he wrestled that hell in a cell with that injury? Yeah. Dan Housen on the same thing. Oh, so he, he's tore, gonna, he, he he's, tore his he's bicep? Gonna, yes, he's going to be out f- for the same amount of time. So uh-huh. sometime early next year is when he'll be back. So, oh. yeah, it's that's, Listen, that's it where is, we're it at is, with it. Yeah, it is what it is. These guys got to get healthy. So 
But you know what? Speaking of uh, of of things like that, I'm super pumped. I know you guys are going, but Jay Lit is this weekend coming up. Yes. And uh, I'm extremely jealous that you guys get to go to Jay Lit. No matter how many days you go, I would love to be there for at least one of those. But man, what a crazy card and and just crazy looking show those two days are going to be. It's so ridiculously fucking stacked for three days. Like I'm going to be in so much wrestling. It's it's just going to be insane. Like the fever dream of matches that is night one, the that- ridiculous amount of like crazy people that are there for night two fresh meat is always That's what I was going to ask you the um the first night I don't remember because I always come in I always I know I'm never there for Jaylet but the first night is it longer than the other nights or is it just kind of they they managed to pace it out right even though they have all those oh, matches. No, it's 12 matches it's gonna feel like 12 matches it's yeah. gonna take and nothing's gonna go fast it's gonna be a long night like four hours for sure for sure yeah yeah I, I feel like it. last year they not got night one done relatively quick all things considered I feel like it was, I feel like it was only about three last year Mm, no nah, it, it always feels super fucking long the, the only year that didn't was the one year at the odeon when tom danced on the top of the odeon oh yeah yeah i remember that yep that was that year i think that year felt like it went a lot quicker but holy shit yeah um we're definitely going to get more into that uh with our guest this week matt wadsworth president of aiw um Real quick, before we get into everything else, because I know some people don't listen after a certain point, uh, we would really love if you would go and rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you listen to us. Get those ratings up. It helps with the algorithms and it gets us out there to more people. So I would really appreciate if you guys could do that for us. We'll, we'll continue to... Uh, to um, uh you know, push that when we're talking, everybody go on there and definitely, you know, subscribe and check it out because we work hard. You know, you might as well. If you enjoy what you hear, you might as well. Right. Especially our Patreon guys. They work hard. Our Patreon subscribers, you know, they, they, you know, they do. It's I you guy. guy. Oh, <laughs> hey, Mars. <laughs> Forgot you were there for a second. Jay Gold. Jay Hawk. I'm Inspector I- Butters and I go and figure out why. Josh spends hours of his day at a men's bathhouse. <laughs> I mean, you could figure that one out. <laughs> and then I go and, and find out why Jayhawk is cheating with his on his wife at the dog park. Fathers? <laughs> no. No. No one oh, else boy. can be dog adjacent on this podcast except me. Dog I'm putting, adjacent. I'm putting my foot down on this now. Well, that's where the the comedy comes in because I accidentally bump into Marcy, who's dressed up like a dog at the dog park. So, huh? I I do saved it, you piece of shit. I I do have to act, Marky. I posted a thing on my Facebook about there being a job for a glory hole attendant in Vegas. Are you going to apply? No, I think her face is swollen right now. (laughs) She had a tryout. I, 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 Why they, are you they, all being mean to me? They can lock, lock a tip and free meal. I thought be right up your alley. I'm not being mean, Mars. I'm just letting it play. I don't need a job for that. I already get that. <laughs> yeah, but if you could get paid for doing it, though, wouldn't that make it better? How about how about somebody who's tell- to say I already don't? <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> how about uh, somebody r- tell r- me what's on? For fuck's sake! <laughs> r- 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 <laughs> real quick, we got to get the Patreon shoutouts out the way. Right. Uh, Zach, Chris, Andrew, and Brock, thank you so much. Uh, and special shout out to Patty. Uh, I heard she was back at the Wadsworth show on Saturday. 
Yeah. Uh, and I will definitely be seeing her all three days or all three shows uh, at, at for Jay Lit and Fresh Meat this weekend. So, yeah, don't show up on Sunday. That'd be weird. Yeah. I mean, you could, I mean, you could you'll be getting outside the temple going, why isn't anybody let me in? Uh, it'll be uh, I'll be in home in my own bed finally on Sunday. So it'll be nice. Well, I'm having my whole family here for Rosh Hashanah. My mom's coming in from the airport on Thursday. My brother is coming with his family. We're all going to be at the airport. Yeah, I'm going to go get her. <laughs> I oh, leave man, her there that's... most of the time. Oh, yeah, it's going to be <laughs> such a busy weekend for me, too. <laughs> Fuck. I got to. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'll, I'll be at night two for sure. I'll probably be at fresh meat. Night one, act of the recording still kind of up in the air. It'll be a last minute thing. So, yeah, I'm for sure going to be at fresh meat and night two. Night one, I won't be. I'm going to be dancing with cute girls. So. I'm also kind of working, so I guess you know, not to brag. Nice. Get that. My, get your get that toothache fixed. You'll be much happier, Mars. I will. It's I get just I don't know. Dentists suck. They they make me wait. Yeah. Why? Why make Marcy wait? Marcy be sad. She has to wait. Sorry, I'm like all I'm all hopped up on a whole bunch of things. I'm just rambling now. <laughs> What's on this weekend? Okay, on the on the Fight TV kind of thing, Cork Ohio Valley Wrestling Live, Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, for those wondering, we talked about the Ohio Valley Wrestling documentary or whatever it is on Netflix. That actually comes out uh, today at the being released, the 13th, on Netflix. And I'm not going to lie, I'm probably not watching it this week. Because we got Jay Lit this weekend. So I will I will grave it and review that, but it'll be a couple weeks before we actually get to a review on that. Of course, we talked about it. Jay Lit, night one on Friday. September 15th at 7.30 p.m. Just some of the first-round matches. This is not even the entire first-round lineup. Joshua Bishop, Makato Tanaka, Derek Dillinger, Kai Kokos, Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Dominic Garini, Alex Frank and Paul London. That's just a third of the lineup. Yeah, that that lineup is absolutely fucking madness. Derek and Psychosis, the Derek promo that he cut on Psychosis is fucking amazing. If you haven't seen it, go to Derek's uh, uh, Twitter account and look. It's amazing. And the, the fresh meat guys promos are all are these guys are ready. They must have watched last year's and they're like, you know, we, we can't be topped. And they're it, that's gonna be a sick everything about that that fresh meat show looks sick. That fresh meat show is at three o'clock Eastern on Saturday, air all airing on flight. Daylight night two airing at seven thirty on Saturday night. And for those of our and for those of you up at uh who follow our friend up in Canada, International Wrestling Syndicate presents Know Your Enemy. From Montreal, that'll be Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. So quite a bit going, quite a bit going on. Most of it in Ohio. Uh, over on Indie Independent Wrestling, there's not actually a whole lot. Uh, Saturday, Remarkable Wrestling presents Own the Night, and also on Saturday, Elvac makes its big return with Steel Stack Smackdown to airing Saturday at 8 p.m. And then also on Tuesday, C4 has a world premiere event, uh, Walking the Edge on 8 p.m. So yeah, that's that's the stuff that's on and things. Go go watch them. <laughs> oh, and New Japan is going to actually launch a Roku app finally uh, for New Japan World. So about damn time. Yeah, that's for uh, iOS, Android and Roku TV apps. They will have a full-on service so there you go it only took them almost 10 years yeah okay. people were saying that they would watch if they uh 
what's the deal with that? Why do they have no fucking uh, streaming service that's like that was usable for all that time? What were they well, doing? They had they had an app on the Amazon Fire for yeah for a while that was actually really good. I just don't use Amazon Fire for like anything else. Right. I, I, don't, I haven't used a Fire Stick in years except just to steal movies. Yeah, but yeah, I mean they had they had that app working well. Like I don't know why it took so long even from there to to move on to the Roku app, but I'm very happy about that. But now I can watch Ruffle Kingdom without having to jerry rig my fucking laptop, plug my fucking laptop into my TV with an HDMI cable. <laughs> Doing interviewing. Marks on the internet that ask the questions that they think are cool to ask. Uh, joining us tonight uh, in anticipation of the massive AIW J Lit weekend, AIW president Matt Wadsworth. How's it going tonight? Good, man. I'm glad you guys got me on. I'm glad you agreed. <laughs> we were really starting to come up against it, wondering who was going to come on our show this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you could work it out with my agent. Yeah, and... yeah, you're very hard to get in touch with. It's yeah. very reasonable terms. So, yeah, you can't do it coming out of my bank account. I don't know if they heard you talking about. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you because there's lots of questions to be asked and uh, lots of hype for Jaylet this weekend. And Absolutely, I'm, yeah, I'm lots going on that. I because I, I haven't. I don't know if I've heard many interviews with you. So I'm 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 hoping that I can kind of pick your brain on a lot of things as we go along. Absolutely, yeah, I definitely. Uh... I don't do it a lot. It's not the funny thing is I almost feel like I don't want people to think it's because I say no. I just don't get asked a lot. <laughs> See, all you got to do is ask podcasters. You just got to go up to them and ask. And things will work out in your favor. You may reconsider once you see the views on this one. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so I usually uh, start off with like a cage match first match, um, but obviously uh, you don't wrestle. So I'm going to ask, when did you first uh, get involved with AIW? Uh, I've been since day one. Although, if you check Cage Match, I do believe I do have matches on there. Really? Or at least, or one, perhaps. I will look that up while you're answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I believe at one point it was listed on there. But yeah, I've I've been with AIW since day one. I was involved in the initial meetings uh, to get it off, get it fired up off the ground floor, basically. Okay. Okay, we do have one. September 22nd, 2007. AIW Campus Invasion 1 at Westfest in Athens, Ohio. Nick Belushi defeats John Thorne and Matt Wadsworth in a three-way. Which I think that result's wrong. That's the funny, now that I think about it. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe he did end up pinning John. I just know I took a double stomp from John. <laughs> you took After a double stomp from John Thorne? You took a double stomp from John Thorne? He does I double did. stomps? I did, and not only did I take a double stomp from John Thorne, but it hurt because <laughs> I was turned the wrong way. Oh, I was no. I was laying perpendicular to the uh, the oh. corner rather than parallel to it. So he he did not stop me where he normally would. And John was never overly soft with his double stop anyways. Wait, so you you were in wrestling. What did you where did you learn? Who who were you learning under to like even uh, get in I there? I did not learn under anyone. Oh. I was AIW. I've always been a commentator. We weren't doing any kind of commentary. This was at a, uh, a buddy's uh, house down at Ohio University. So they had, they decided they wanted to throw a big party. They wanted something unique about the party. So they booked us to come down there. Hmm. Um, we brought the honky tonk man with us. I actually got to, I, I picked the honky tonk man up from the airport in Columbus and, and spent an hour and a half in the car with him down to Athens, um, which was, it was honestly a great experience. He was super cool about everything. He just chatted my ear off. It always impressed me. He knew what every other legend was doing. 
Like he knew everyone's schedules of appearances and signings. And he was just completely aware of what everyone was doing. Wow. Yeah. Look, know, look, he, at the, look at the lineup, Josh. I don't mean to cut you off, Josh. Look yeah, at the lineup for this show. Curtis of cage match. Tyrone Evans over Matt Riot. Emmy Callahan over Dio Calvador. The three-way match we mentioned. Emmy Callahan against, uh, against Cooper Oprah. Mm-hmm. Tyrone Evans over Kimmy Callahan. Kimmy Callahan worked three times on the one show. And then the main event at the Honky Tonk Man over the Savage, played by Nick Belushi. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, the, it was like a mini tournament they did. Um, and I, I think we did something in our match where Nick hit his head and reverted to his Savage persona to, uh, to take on Honky Tonk Man in the main event. Tyrone Evans was massively popular on the campus of Ohio University that weekend. That's the dude who played, uh, who was in in the Nexus, wasn't it? Yeah, Michael yes. Tarver. Yeah, Michael Tarver was after. It was Tyrone Evans. Oh, he was uh, he was a big part of early AIW prior to going to WWE. Oh, I did not know that. Wow, is he and he's a Cleveland guy? Um, he's last I heard, I believe he's down in Florida now. Uh, but he is originally from the Akron area. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I worked a lot of a lot of his matches before he got signed. He was all he was all over the area for a while. Ah, I did not know he was as big as he was. I remember in in NXT, I was just like, I have no idea who this dude is, and just I didn't understand why he was there. I just I didn't get it. And then I've seen throughout the years like wrestling posters with him on it, and I was just like, oh, I know that dude. That's the NXT guy. Yeah, so. he he very sparingly does stuff um, to go slightly behind the curtain only because I don't think I'm spoiling anything that's going to happen anytime in the future. Uh, what would have been Gauntlet for the Gold in 2000, he was booked as one of the mystery participants oh. before it was canceled due to COVID because that was our, our first show that was canceled when, when COVID shut everything down. He was going to be at that show. I, I was supposed to be at that show too. That yeah, he me. was going to be one of the, the surprise mystery entrants in the Gauntlet that year. Oh, that's pretty cool. Huh. So what is the worst ring name you've ever heard? I've got it. You know, I'm going to keep it local to the Cleveland area. And a guy that actually John recently smartened up some of our younger guys too. Uh, there was a wrestler that wrestled for JT. He was one of JT's main guys for years. Uh, would eventually go by Michael Hellborn, but for years he was the basket Nazi. Yeah. And and this is the Wild West of late 90s into the early 2000s, independent wrestling. Nobody batted an eye. Dude came out, swastikas all over his gear, wearing a Nazi flag as a cape. What? No one batted an eye at it. Yeah, oh, yeah that's, that, that was stuff like that was okay back in back in that era. Like you get away with that then, yeah. Wow. You know, it was the so yeah, he that one was always one when you look back on it, you're like, I don't know how no one, you know, thought anything. He funny story about basket Nazi, he uh before John and I got involved in AIW. We had been involved in some untrained stuff. We would run a ring from JT and we'd run shows um, and we were part of another show and they actually drew really well. So towards the end of when we were doing that, we started booking ECW guys towards the end of ECW's run. And we had a show where we were bringing in New Jack and it was going to be New Jack and Chris Hamrick was on the show. Um Francine did a couple spots for us. I can't remember if she was on that one or not, but the basket Nazi declared himself. He said, I'm the 
I'm the king of, of Cleveland hardcore wrestling. So he insisted he was going to do something with New Jack. And the guy that, that actually ran the shows, uh, John was his name, not John Thorne, coincidentally, just a different John. He, uh, he had a whole talk because there was going to be the opening promo and Basket Nazi was going to come out there on New Jack. And he wanted Hamrick to go out there with him just in case it got out of hand. And Hamrick just kind of laughed at him. He said, what the hell am I going to do if Jack goes after him? <laughs> but yeah, we were convinced we were going to have a, a mini mass transit incident on our hands. Nice. All went reasonably well. He didn't, Jack didn't do anything, you know, out of I, the, uh, he the wasn't un, He wasn't unprofessional though, right? Like people have talked about him. Like, it's not like you had to, you had a new Jack show and you were like, oh, this guy's going to ruin everything. I mean, he's, he wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like he was super uh, unprofessional, right? No, yeah. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't known for. And we've had a. You know, we had him in the AIW a few times. Um, he does his own thing. Like you, he, you don't really control New Jack. Yeah. So it's few and far between. But there have been incidents over the years where he just kind of something set him off type of thing. But it wasn't like he routinely did it and, and hijacked your shows or or anything like that. Yeah, I never, I didn't hear, I haven't heard anything like where promoters or people that that have worked with him were like, oh yeah, he's, you know, he's very, he's very difficult or anything like that. So anyway, um, what's your pre-show ritual like uh, before you get ready to go on the air? You have anything special you do? I don't have anything too big. I tend to, um, I tend to try to get to the building depending on bell time and and kind of what else is going on with the joys of being father and, and working and things like that i i try to get to the building at least an hour or so before doors so i have time to to make my rounds to see everybody uh, it also gives an opportunity if anybody's got anything special in their match that they want me to know about they they have the chance to let me know as i'm making my way around um i'll try to remember a lot of times if i have time to stop i'll make sure i've got like a big thing of water with me a uh, pack of gum, stuff like that. Even though I don't usually use them throughout the show, I like to have them, cough drops, stuff like that, Afrin, uh, just in case I have issues throughout the show. Um, but I'll get there. And it also depends on who's working with me. Uh, Alberti is usually there before me. And now that we do the production in-house, uh, it'll involve talking to him. It'll involve talking to Chase. Chase gives me any notes um, in terms of video packages that are going to be running during the show. We go over any times we're going to do uh, shots at the commentary desk, things like that. You know, we'll run through essentially a shot sheet. So I'm aware of any of it ahead of time. We'll talk through how much time we need in each one of those and, and cues we're going to use for those. Um, so that's the big thing is just making sure I'm there early enough to run through that stuff. Uh, I'll talk with if someone else is planning on on sitting in on commentary in a match, you know, I'll make sure that's all lined up. I'll make sure if Something comes up now with Alberti, it's not an issue because he doesn't tend to do much else. But like when I was working with when it was a rotation of like a Carson Duke and I'd have to sit down with them and figure out, all right, when can you be here? When do you have to be away because of your match or because of something that happens in your match and you can't do the rest of the show? Mm -hmm. So it's more just preparation for the show itself than a, a routine for every show. Okay. Josh, all you, buddy. Oh, oh, good. So <laughs> let's go. So, you know, we know you as a as a commentator and, and you know, you have the the president of AIW, the the that moniker. Yes. Where did this where did this start? Where did wrestling start for you? I mean, you and I are pretty much in, in a similar age. 
where did wrestling start for you and how how in how in the world did you go to from hey i'm I'm sure you're friends with 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 thorn and with you know biggins and everyone how did it go from you know i love wrestling these are my guys to now i'm part of this company and now i'm doing i'm the face of the voice of aiw how did that happen so i mean you're absolutely right john and i have known each other i want to say he was four or five when we met I was around, so that would have put me around seven, eight years old. Oh, oh, uh, that long! Wow. His, yeah, his, um, his grandma lived right by my house where he grew up in Braxville. There weren't very many kids around, so he would spend his weekends and his summers at his grandma's house, where we had a, a bunch of kids around his age in the neighborhood. Uh, so he and I would hang out all the time. Um, I started watching wrestling at five years old. One of my other good friends had gotten me into it. He was a wrestling fan and, and one of those where he's a couple of years older than me. So he kind of influenced some of my interests. Uh, so I've been a fan for years and I was one of those guys, obviously, you know, you mentioned we're, we're close to the similar age. Um, we, a lot of people around our age had that breaking point between golden ages, between when we were kids and the, the Hogan warrior era. Yeah. And that it became not cool. And then the attitude era hit. It was cool. I didn't have that break. I've watched right through. Um, John did. And then I introduced him to ECW is, was what brought him back in. Because he was like, man, I can't believe you still watch it. So I, I sat him down and, and watched ECW. And he was like, oh, this is something way different. This is yes. cool. Yeah. Um, so we had done that. And we had gone to a local show the guys that i mentioned earlier that we we worked with with new jack um they had been running in smaller buildings i was aware of them because i did work on a local cable access show that i i dubbed it was professional wrestling without the wrestling (laughs) so you had storylines you had feuds you had blow-offs to the feuds but instead of a wrestling match to blow off the feud you had all the characters that you would have in wrestling all the gimmicks Instead of a wrestling match to blow off the feud, it would be a peach eating contest or oh, an arm wrestling tournament or you know <laughs> things along those lines. It <laughs> sounds was, like an indie, some indies that could run now like that. Right. <laughs> um, so I was involved with that. These guys had come around. They were big fans because it, it was used as entertainment at the local rec center for Friday night ice skating. So it's something other than just ice skating going on. You'd go up and you'd watch these and they'd pull kids out to to be part of the contests. It would oh. be this character and, and two kids against this character and two kids and a tug of war, or, you know? Um, so these guys would come up there. They were high school guys. They were big wrestling fans. They'd come up. And so they told me one time, Hey, we run a show. We, we put on our own show and it was just on the street from my house. So John and I had gone to that and we had already been screwed around in the backyard. And we were like, man, how do you like, where'd you get a wrestling ring? Mm. And they pointed us to JT, to JT lightning. Cause we hadn't even really discovered indie wrestling at this point. Um, so we got in touch with JT, put together a show. John used uh, a bunch of guys from Brexville to put on a show. And that is actually the first time that Matt and Josh, M dog and Josh prohibition were ever in a professional wrestling ring together against each other together. Just period. So oh. they had been doing backyard wrestling and were super popular in Brexville doing these backyard wrestling matches. So John said, Hey, they've already got a following. I want to put them on the show. So we, we let them do a match on the show. Um, so that was why a few years ago we celebrated. It was 25 years 
because uh, it was April of 99. So it wouldn't have been 25. So we did the just past that, but we're just under next year will be 25. Um, so we had put that show on and, and got the ring from JT and started from there, fell in with those other guys that were running their shows. Was uh, that, were, run. they anybody, were they anybody that we know? No, absolutely not. You wouldn't know a single one of them. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I don't think any of them are still involved in wrestling. Oh, they um, tried. It was a good effort. <laughs> they all just kind of fell off. Over the years, we we evolved from, all right, we're doing these untrained things. And we were out drawing Cleveland Indies with a bunch of untrained guys. So we said, well, let's do it the right way. Let's let's get training. Um, I knew Lou Marconi from growing up in the same city. He was older than me, but he was close to my sister's age. So I had reached out to Lou and, and gotten a hold of him. And he came in and ran a training center for us which is where John got trained. That's where the Duke got trained. Uh, eventually that's where Ray Rowe ended up getting trained, who is Eric in WWE now with the, yeah. the Viking Raiders uh, and a, a handful of other guys. A lot of the early guys, we'd been running shows and there was a falling out. There was a split within the, the promotion, nothing to do with wrestling. It was legitimately personal issues that led to this split. John and I went, one way i wasn't even involved in the argument but obviously i'm going with the guy that i've known since i was seven years old so that's where aiw formed was out of that split okay and that's and with me it was i never had aspirations i said listen you guys go ahead and train i'll help you know at the time i had helped fund some of it I, but i had no aspirations to be a wrestler because i knew that's not where any future would lie for me right uh originally when aiw started the idea was I was going to be an authority figure then because that's what I had been doing in the previous promotion. Uh, but they decided to do the live commentary and, and I got pulled into that instead because of any of us, I was the most likely to be able to pull that off. But no classical training as far as, uh, as far as, you know, broadcast or anything like that. Cause there's a lot of guys that I know that we do shows with that I've met in Ohio and, and they all seem to have gone to some sort of, you know, broadcasting or, or cinema school or anything like that. Did you have any training in that to be able to like understand what cues and what need to be done and things like that? So not beforehand. I actually went to broadcasting school after we had started AIW. Oh, oh so wow. I do. Okay. I did go through broadcasting school with the idea I had planned on getting into radio. Uh, never happened, but because we were doing AIW, I was able to get more than enough intern hours while I was there because I was able to count the shows that I was already doing broadcasting, basically. Nice. I, um, I mean, but- I always find it fascinating, uh, you guys, knowing you, I, I know you guys for about five or six years, right? And I had no idea of Ohio when I growing up. Like, we never came, we never went to West. Like, I didn't have any friends from there. And I come and meet all you guys. And I feel like, I, I don't know, and, and I, you guys, all all of you could probably talk on it. Marcy grew up, you know, all over the place, but lived out here in Long Island. But if you, I hadn't, there was no ins in wrestling in New York. There were no ins. There was no mm-hmm. independent company that a friend of mine might have been working in a small town in Long Island. It just wasn't happening. There was nobody in Queens running. There was, it was ECW, uh, WWF, and that was it. And you went, you went to shows that were shitty in a school gym and there was nobody around to help you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love the business and I tried out, you know, I did the ECW house of hardcore thing, but there was nothing else to, to get somebody from at my age and where you were like, I could not have found a friend who was like, 
you know, we're just going to run a backyard show or we're just going to run a show. It's impossible to do on this side, on the East Coast. Sure. Yeah, New impossible. York is, is much more stringent on yeah, those types but, of things. But when I noticed the upbringing, though, even for you, I mean, you didn't want to wrestle, so you found your niche doing, you know, being a, a, a you know, a, authority figure you you went to broadcasting school so you could you know after you started calling shows you know there are people that i hang out with out there you know like stacy silvers he was uh, he was in music then he did some mm-hmm. like you know he, he was a director we didn't have that like that that into like get into that world of of even running like a small show to get the feel of it was not a possibility so i feel like where you guys were from, the opportunities to to have that opportunity to do and have a real job and be able to kind of start a family and do your thing was that that would not have been an, an, a thing when I was, you know, when I was 20 sure. watching ECW in New York. So I just feel like the opportunities were so different. Like just hearing your explanation of how you got to where you are is fascinating to me because like I, I mean, if somebody gave me that opportunity when I was 20, I would have jumped in it in three seconds, yeah. you know? So it's just it's interesting to see how far your evolution has come because now you're working with Nathan Zagura. You have had sure. Joe Sposto, right? You've had Thorne, you have the Duke, you have Carson. Out of all of those guys that you've worked with, and this is I'll say within the last 15, let's say 10 years, because the last mm-hmm. 10 years is more of a boom of independent wrestling and people what you know, you have the streaming services and you have yeah. DVD. Who would you say that your chemistry was like where you felt you were clicking on all sides. You don't. It's not saying someone else is bad, but who no, do you no, no, feel like you. you? Who do you feel I like you? It. You clicked the you clicked the best with, or the match that you you said in your head, man. I had everything going at that point with this guy. Who who would that be at, if you could say if you could go back, let's say eight to ten years? Uh, I wouldn't even have to go back that far. Without a doubt, it's it's Nathan Zagura. Um, and I had this conversation with Thorne when we moved over to fight, we had, we had moved some of our stuff. I went in and, and rewatched some of the stuff. Um, and I don't have anything bad to say about any of the other guys. I, I work well with them, mm-hmm. but it is an entirely different level when I'm working with, with Zagura. Um, I can, I can hear a difference because it's, and he's best dude in the world. I mean, as a guy that's a professional broadcaster gives me all the credit for, you know, for our partnership and, and how we work together, there is a definitive difference that to an average fan, maybe not to me, having done this for 15 years plus, uh, actually we'd be at 18 this year, um, for having done this for 18 years and to sit down and watch the shows like absolution of last year that I did with him, you know, the entire show and the gauntlet prior to that last year, um, I watch those shows and there is a discernible difference to me in the quality of my work, not even just the overall product. I, without even necessarily trying to step my game up to match the level that he just works at normally. It's it's, and I, I would agree with you. It is a, a noticeable difference as far as almost a legitimacy that, that when you guys are together, it's, it's this, it, it's this professional sound, you know, um, the streaming era has brought upon some very bad play-by-play. <laughs> I think so, so many so many promotions don't make it a priority. Yeah. And why um, do you think that is? Just, why, I mean, because we're streaming now. So everyone is on television. Don't you want to have the voice that's going to make your company legitimate? Do you want to have somebody screaming into a, a dead microphone over and over again? Like, I, I don't understand yeah. that. 
honestly, it's it's never made sense. I think independent wrestling as a whole, they it is watch every penny. Um, you know, if you don't have to spend a bunch and people just think, well, why am I going to go out and book a guy that's going to charge me $50, 75 or whatever it would be. And I honestly don't know those numbers because I've never tried to get booked anywhere else. Right. Um, but, you know, when I don't, I can save that money and have this guy, my buddy over here do it. Or this guy that I've, I've talked to before and I think is funny, go do it. Who do you think right now? I mean, or not who, who, who do you watch right now? Do you watch a lot of independent wrestling to get yourself kind of up to date on who's coming in or do you uh, just kind of keep to yourself? Yeah. And I mean, I don't watch a ton of it. I'll do exactly that though. Um, if there's a guy that I know, especially if it's someone uh, that's worked with our guys in other promotions. So the, the perfect example was uh, Davey Bang and August Matthews when we brought them in the first time. I knew they had worked uh, Philly and Marino, I think. And they had worked like Bitcoin boys, stuff like that over in freelance and their home promotion. Mm -hmm. So I, I made a point to, at the time we were all still on IWTV. So I pulled up, you know, I looked up a show that they worked those guys and I pulled it up just to see some of their stuff to familiarize myself a little bit prior to them coming in. Um, and it, it helps in that case because it's their home promotion. So if I can listen to how their home, the guys that are most familiar with them are talking about them or putting them over in the match, then it tells me a little bit more about them. Um, so I, it's not everyone, but I will occasionally do you, do you like indie wrestling besides AIW? Are you still that guy who didn't miss that generation gap between, you know, superstars and 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 attitude? Are are you are you keeping up with like with the indies and going to yourself, okay, I like this guy. I would love to see this dude in here. Do you have anybody on your radar that you're like, okay, I love this promotion and this is who I want to see? I don't, and it's not a lack of liking, it's a lack of time. I have I have a very limited amount of free time to myself, uh, so it's rare that I'll sit down and watch another promotion show unless, like I said, unless we're bringing somebody in and, and there's a discernible advantage. Or uh, And I haven't gone back and watched them yet, but I want to go back and watch some of the black recent Black Label Pro stuff just because I know Dustin's been doing commentary for him. So I'm interested to hear him in a different element and to hear – I know he had uh, – he kind of got pulled into being the lead – on those, which he's never had to do working with me. Um, so I'm interested to, to kind of go back and, and hear it some and, and see how it turned out. I know obviously they were happy with it because they continue to bring him back. <laughs> it, it, but so, okay. So let's, so then maybe I'll rephrase it um, uh, a little bit differently to kind of get some of your thoughts. How about a, a talent that's coming through AIW that hasn't been, that's not homegrown. Is there, who do you like, like, you know, you have Alec Price coming through. You have like sure. Katie Arquette. You have the main event uh, uh, that have come through. You. Who do you like? Who who have you had your eye on that you're like? I love when this person is in town. Uh, actually, all three of those are great examples. I I love those guys. Uh, obviously, main event hasn't been around for all the wrong reasons. Um, yeah. Because, because of everything where you know Duke let, had to leave wrestling um, to take care of his daughter, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's a great dude. I, I love him to death. I always had a great relationship with him when he, you know, when he's come in. Um, Katie's great. Alec Price, you know, that was a fun thing for the show we just did in Wadsworth over the weekends, um, which is will eventually go up on fight. We filmed it, we commentated. 
there was a lot of unfamiliar faces. There were some like Matthews and Bang were in first time we've had them in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. They're always fantastic. They're always exciting. Uh, but the other newcomers that we brought in on that show, um, they wrestled Latinos Most Wanted. They were great. Country Era wrestled members only. They were fantastic. So I know we have limited, because of the school, limited spaces, but those are the types of guys that I would love to see more of. Uh, I'm excited for Alec Price coming in for Jaylet this weekend. You know, it's, He's great. Last year was, was his debut in AIW. And he always delivers every match we've had him in. So I'm excited to see what he does this weekend. Now, one of my last questions before I hand off a little bit, because I'll come back, but I don't want to take up everyone's time as Butters <laughs> likes to say. But so <laughs> hey, I'm me, long-winded, so <laughs> I like it. That works for me because I am too, right, Butters? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so tell me about give, give me uh, a guy that you've watched from the very beginning um that's now a star in AIW. Is there anybody that you've watched from the beginning went, yep, that guy's gonna get to where he is now anybody on the roster that you've seen from rookie year till now that you're like yep i knew it the second this dude came out this is what i saw um well i mean a recent return trey was a guy that you knew from day one uh i could lie and say josh bishop but it's not the case if you've ever seen early josh bishop oh i was there he was an entirely different human being than he is now yeah. Um, so yeah, he's a can't miss now, but it, it took, you know, it was fun to watch him grow. Um, some of these new guys like Sam, you know, he's not fully there yet, but he's getting there real fast. And he was a guy that, you know, that first time you saw him, especially because he was in there against a guy like Josh, mm-hmm. uh, he impressed from day one. He's you a know. favorite of this show. We love that kid. He's, yeah. he's going places. Yeah. Hardway is, is fantastic. And I think he's only getting better. Um, his match with Cardona should have gotten him booked a million different places. He looked like an absolute star. Um, and he is, I mean, for as little, he's, he's just coming up on a year in the business and he's getting more bookings outside than, than a lot of those guys that early. Yeah. Um, Eric Taylor's a guy that he took a little bit cause he kind of had to get out of his own way. Um, but he had the look. He had charisma. He could move. He was athletic. So we definitely knew there was potential there. Um, just kind of had to to get a fire lit under him a little bit to to really push himself. Now, last question before I, I send it to Jayhawk because I have one more. Just these these keep popping in my head. Sure. Are you you've been with the company a long time? Are you are you doing? Are you in those meetings with John, like talking about like, hey, this is where we want to go with this, or? You know, are you more of like the Michael Cole side where Michael Cole is with all the 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 broadcasters? You know, he sits in, he does it, he makes sure everybody is in line for when the show starts. Or are you or or maybe you just say you'll you say like, hey, I don't I don't like being part of, you know, booking meetings or anything like that. What where where do you fall as far as in, in that in that spectrum of things? Uh I absolutely am not from the the ground floor with booking. John and I know and he'll tell you Dom has a part in that and and a lot of those, you know, Dom's a guy, he trusts a lot with it. And he, you know, he trusts me and he's asked in the past, but unless he asks, I'm not, you know, routinely, or when it comes time to put a fire out, when the original plan kind of goes out the window, cause something happens, I'll, I'll spitball ideas to him, but it's still, he's the guy making that decision. And he's the guy, you know, or I'll pitch kind of twists on stuff. Uh, where I come involved in that kind of stuff is almost a more after the fact, the perfect example being uh, everything with Derek last year. So Derek 
absolutely the plan was for him to keep coming up short. There was never really an emphasis on that though. And it was in commentary then that I, I just kind of started on my own really pushing the narrative of man, he, he keeps getting right to the brink, but you know, just basically spoon feeding it to the audience to the point that it, it picked up a little bit that, that I think fans got even more behind the, the always the bridesmaid, never the bride, basically. Yeah, it definitely um, did. And I, to the point that I heard people heckling him about it. And I heard, so it's, it's more an after the fact where I'm just kind of adding, adding some color to it. Um, trying to even boost what may be a little more subtle, but every now and then John will come to me, you know, if he stumped or if, if something kind of goes haywire and it's, it's more of a brainstorm than a, here's what we should do. It's a, Hey, here's what, what popped into my head. Yeah. Sometimes he incorporates it. Sometimes he goes a completely different direction, you know, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's not a major part. I'm definitely not making decisions or, or having a ton of input on the decisions. Jayhawk. I piggybacking off of that just a little bit. When you're on commentary, how much do you know ahead of time and how much do you want to know ahead of time? I know Jim Rockett said kind of famously he doesn't want to know unless there's a really specific point that has to be brought home. He doesn't want to know ahead of time. He wants that genuine reaction. Yeah, I usually I've got a I've got the run sheet for the show. So I know, you know, rough time what the the window is for the time they've been given. Uh, but even then I'm not looking at a watch. I'm not looking, so I'm not paying too much of attention to that. Uh obviously I know who's going over any specifics about, oh, so-and-so runs in or someone, you know, if there's something specific to the storyline that's written in. Uh, but otherwise, like I said, I'll get there early enough that some guys occasionally will come up to me and go, hey, we're going to do this in the match, and I really want you to, to to get this point across with it. You know, this is what we're trying to do when we do this. Can you Can you make sure to bring it up or make sure to bring up this point because it plays into the story that we're doing? Um, but most of the guys that have been around for a while will tell you they, they trust me. They trust my instincts, uh, in terms of the story of the match. And, and there's times that I've brought something, uh, Derek and Wes at Absolution. There were a couple of things when I talked to Derek before the show, I said, yeah, you know, I was going to make this point. He's like, that's perfect. I love it. You go, you know, he's a guy that he's not afraid to come to me or not shy about coming to me, but he really kind of trusts my instincts to just go with the flow. And that's why I always say some of these younger guys that ask about jumping on a commentary, I have no problem with anyone jumping in. A lot of these guys figure out that commentary is a whole lot harder than they anticipated because you can do, you can be the best promo guy in the world and suck on commentary because commentary is 100% reactive. I can have zero influence over what's going on. You know, I can control the direction of a promo if I'm cutting a promo. I'm on commentary, all I can do is react to what they're doing and try to verbalize the story I see them telling physically. Uh, so there's been a lot of guys that that wanted to sit in and just kind of sat there real silent next to me for a good amount of the match. Uh, and a large part of that, I think, is a lot of those guys get in that, in that habit, well, I'm a good promo, so I can do commentary, for getting that commentary. It's not about getting yourself over, it's about getting the guys that are in the ring at the time over. Sure. Sure. And in, you know, promos, you can practice. I can stand in front of a mirror and, and practice promo. I, I can kind of, you know, I can sit down and, and say mute watching an AEW match and try to do commentary for it or try to do, but it is very different 
from. And a uh, perfect example is a guy, Josh Prohibition, one of the best promos you will find. Uh, I've asked Josh plenty of times over the years, hey, you want to sit in on this match? You, wanna, you know, I think you'd have good input. He refuses because he realizes the difference between cutting a really good promo and being good at commentary. Um, so, yeah, it, it, there's definitely a, a world of difference that sometimes guys have to find out the hard way because I'm not shy. I'm not I'm like, yeah, sure. Jump in, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm going to do the match. I'm not worried about who's next to me. If you want to, you know, if you can come up with a reason to be there, then cool. Okay. So you've got kind of the reputation because you've been there since day one of being basically the AIW historian. Yes. So when, yeah. So when you're bringing up past, past magic on commentary, yeah, past story on commentary, how much of this can come off the top of your head or how much of that do you prepare ahead of time if you know something might be important? So I mentioned earlier how working with Segura has forced me to step my game up. Uh, that's an area that has forced me to step my game up. Prior to working with Nathan, I did not do any notes. I may have had an idea of, oh, this story or this reference will play into this match, uh, but I did not prepare ahead of time. In fact, I still remember Absolution 10, uh, before he had gone to WWE, uh, Vic Joseph worked with us occasionally. Oh, and yeah, I didn't know Vic that. Too. Yeah, Vic a good yeah, guy, Vic, too. Vic, Vic's a Cleveland guy. Likes him. Yeah. yeah, Vic's a Cleveland guy, and, and he, uh, he would come in occasionally. Because back in those days, we had four, five, six guys on a show doing comedy. You know, it wasn't just I sat down and did the whole show. I would sit down. You mentioned, Josh mentioned earlier about uh, Joe Sposto coming in. Joe and I would sit down with the the format for the show and we go all right uh i'll do this one with carson and then this one with duke and then it would make sense you know bj whitmer was there for a while or uh aaron bauer or whoever so vic was one of those guys that would would pop in occasionally would rotate it in and i think the last show he did with us was absolution 10 and he had just made a point to me after whereas he was sitting down for one of the matches to show me his, that he had these notes and that, yeah, you know, this is what I do. He was, he was going through his process and meaning well, I at the time was like, I've been doing this for years. I, you know, I just kind of blew him off. I was just like, oh yeah, cool. Thanks. And the back of my head said, well, I know the product. I don't need notes. Um, and I got away with it for a long time. And then Nathan came in and Nathan is the king of preparation. I know uh, when you guys had uh, Dustin on here, he mentioned Nathan's notes. Nathan comes in with a full page on every single match of notes. It is, it is typed up. It is presented. And even then, he is scrawling stuff as something comes up during the show. He's writing another note, you know, kind of in the, the margins. So he remembers to hit that. Well, where, By the way, how did that happen? How did Zagura happen? Yeah. So he started coming to shows. He's a wrestling fan. He actually it was through Brian Carson. So he and Carson would frequent the same bar and got to know each other. Carson found out he was a wrestling fan, told him about, you know, AIW and that. And so he came to a couple shows and I think the second or third show he was there at intermission. I was sitting backstage and, and Thorne said, Hey, um, cause I, I had met him briefly at this point. Thorne said, Hey, Zagura wants to try commentary. And he wanted to, he didn't want to just approve it. You know, he wanted to run it by me. I said, yeah, whatever. Cause like I said, my attitude is just, yeah. I, I guarantee I've had worse people sit in with me, you know, <laughs> and, a, and it's spur of the moment thing. Um, so he, so we made the decision. We said, all right, but we want to, we want to make sure it's a situation where he can at least, we're not setting him up to fail. Cause like I said, he had been to a couple shows. He had very loose familiarity with a lot of the guys. Um, 
So we had him do Brian Myers and Josh Bishop because he knew Myers because he knew Cardona. Um, and then he had become a big Bishop guy just by seeing him a couple times. So he said, all right, we'll have him do. So he jumped in and of, and of course hit an absolute home run, you know, the first time with zero prep because he legitimately is a professional. You know, at the time he wasn't doing radio for the Browns, but he's a guy who spends his life in front of a microphone. He was hosting the radio show. He was doing sideline reporting for them. So he, he nailed it. So the next show it became, well, do you want to do more? So that's how I actually got to know him better. He, you know, Thorne had passed along my phone number to him. We had a, a two hour conversation because he asked, well, what, where can I go to do prep work? Um, and I pointed him to cage match and he, you know, that first show, he did a ton of stuff. He, he did a ton of prep work. He, he talked my ear off for a while. And then he showed up to the show with a folder that had a page dedicated to every match of the show. And I went through and I pointed certain things, you know, things that were like, ah, oh, that guy is kind of persona non grata. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mention that one. Or yeah, those two guys were close once, but they're not anymore. So he wouldn't really appreciate that reference necessarily. And that's where it helped. But so in working with him and the fact that he was using cage match, a lot of the stuff that I would throw out during a show, he was pulling up because he had it in his notes so that it became a, oh crap, I've got to do a deeper dive than I normally would. To get so that's why you'll notice, you know, I started talking more about records and I started talking more about, you know, wind streaks and stuff because I had to. I had no material left. He had put it all in his notes and was using it during the broadcast. That's crazy. Wow. Um, so that he legitimately, in working with him, I was like, I've got to start taking on. And they're nowhere near the extent I say he's got a page for each match. I've got a page for the show. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it's it's literally a couple things about each person because what kind of, yeah, it's great. And Thorne even said, you know, it, it gives it a legitimacy. It makes it feel like a sports broadcast when you're talking about guys' records or, you know, this guy's been on this match of a win, this much of a win streak. Um, but at a certain point, you transition from that to the story of the match and the emotion of the match. So you don't, I don't need, you know, 75 things on each guy. I need a few things to get, to throw out the early going and give us something to talk about, but then we're going to start getting into the emotion of the match and, and wrapping there. Um, so that's the amount of a, the extent of, and sometimes it bites you. Uh, I had one, I got called out earlier this year. I said that uh, Chase Oliver's intense title shot at in Youngstown was his first title match in AIW. And somebody called me out since we were streaming live, essentially on the spot said, no, that's BS. He and he and Trey challenged for the tag titles against the production. And as soon as they said it, I said, you know what? They're right. But on cage match, if you look it up, it listed as Trey and Josh Bishop as no consequences in that match. So it doesn't show up in Chase's record. So I was like, oh, crap, that's the guy. And actually, Jayhawk, you got bit by that recently. Yeah, as I, I was preparing, I was listening back. So you guys were really confused when Trey showed up at Absolution and none of you remembered him wrestling at the Winchester a year earlier because Trey did not wrestle at the Winchester, but cage match says he does. Yeah. Yeah. Was, Cause I was, was, I was, I was like, man, I know for a I fact was that was his re-debut. Like, but like Jayhawks are like, no, no, it says this. So I'm like, I'm it does. So you. on cage match, it listed as, and the only reason I remember for sure is it was Bishop versus chase. PME interrupted the match and it went to Bishop and Chase against PME, a reunion of no consequences. However, for some reason, when somebody put those results in on cage match, 
It has the no contest in their match and then says no consequences, Chase Oliver and Trey Lamar versus PME. Um, so every now and then it'll bite you and you don't realize it until somebody else catches you on it. I don't mind being corrected if I'm wrong. That's perfectly yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, that one I, I meant to say, because I've been, like I said, I've been bitten by the same bug. Every once in a while they get it wrong and you don't realize it. So it happens in my house all the time. I'm wrong. It's all right. <laughs> Literally always wrong. So I'm used to that. So if somebody wants to call me out on this show, I'm just like, yeah, it happens all the time. Don't worry about it. Okay. So uh, one more question based on you sure. being kind of the historian of AIW. You've seen them all come through. Josh asked you earlier about somebody that you call right away. You went, this guy got it. Was there, sure. somebody, was there somebody you thought had it and just did not make it to where you thought they were going to go? I mean, there's been a lot of guys over the years. And by the way, back to Josh's question, I was focusing on homegrown guys. Yeah, that's uh, who I was Seth, talking about anyway. Yeah. yeah okay. Because I would say Seth Rollins is the correct answer. Uh, when he wrestled for us, he was so far beyond all of the guys that were on our shows at the time that it was no shock to anyone when he made it, uh, just the dedication he had. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been there's been some guys that, that kind of wash out and you're surprised for for one reason or another. Um, you know, along the Tyler Black train, Shane Hollister is a guy that, that had a ton of talent and was always really good. Uh, I think he had an injury bug for a little bit. And, and one of those that as he got a little bit older and a little bit older, he just kind of disappeared, kind of went away. Uh, the easy answer would be some of those Chikara guys, because we would bring in a lot of them early on. Uh, Bryce was a huge help in the early days of AIW and, and would arrange a car. And we'd have a car of of the ants and and hollow wicked and you know these guys coming for the show um Harpress, i'm trying to think of some of our homegrown guys and uh, the guys that kind of washed washed a, a little early um and i'll never say he hasn't made it but chase oliver is a guy again the injury bug he's had so many false starts and he's a guy that early on we knew was good and he just couldn't stay healthy each time he kind of had so much momentum behind him he'd get hurt and it would derail he and trey as a team we were convinced we were, were two matches away from you know just blowing up on the indies because they were just sure that not, fluid yeah. and that good together you sure it's not carson because we i like to think <laughs> it's carson <laughs> no no i uh I was pretty sure from day one i knew what carson was <laughs> and brian will tell you the same thing he never had any delusions that he was going anywhere huge. Although I don't know that any of us had Twan being the one to show up in NXT first. Which is unbelievable. <laughs> I miss him. I miss him. I feel so bad that, that, that we don't get to see him anymore, like, doing his thing. Man, he, the, the Twan he's face one of my, was Honest to God, he's one of my daughter's favorites. She asks about him all the time. Oh, he's she amazing. She loved him when she saw him and, and made a point. You know, So she's got pictures with, with Johnny and Britt and Eddie and Twan, you know, because she just <laughs> loved Twan so Outstanding. much. <laughs> she also bought one of our uh, IW guide Ziggy uh, photos. She with, did. With, with yeah, I was going to say, photos, you probably spent more time with her at the hardcore tournament than I did because she was stuck to Ziggy's side too. Yeah, yeah, we were all hanging out with Rupert. It was, it was that was the place to be. <laughs> that was the cool kid zone. And she is a dog lover as, as much as they come, so she found out that. That Rupert was going to be there, and she said, "Well, I know where I'm going to be." <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, I got one more before I switch over to Marky. We asked this to everybody: Are you familiar uh, with Are you familiar with the Reckling League list? Only as much as from listening to you guys to get ready for the show. Before that, no, I was not familiar with it at all. 
Okay, but if you've looked into the show, you're familiar with it then. For sure. those, yeah, for I'm familiar with looking, the concept now. <laughs> yeah. For those maybe looking for the first time, the Wicca List started by Tony Khan back in the old message board day, the DVD VR board. I'm going to pick a number between one and four. Uh, I'm going to have you pick a number between one and 460. I'm going to read it to you and you tell me if you think it's true or not. And with your knowledge of company guide, you might know the answer. The actual <laughs> right. answer. Hey, well, it's the few that I've heard. It's been hit and miss in terms of, you know, some of them were pretty obviously believable. Uh, let's go 93. 93. Oh, Dandy was caught by Fishman when he was banging his daughter. I think she was a minor. And he no showed several shows where the two were booked together because Fish threatened to kick him ass. When the heat died down, El Dandy repaid him by also fucking his wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> El Dandy. That's Jesus. why you should never There's... doubt El Dandy. <laughs> like, Who are so you to doubt El Dandy, there. right? Oh, my God. That's a thing? <laughs> that was a thing? I, 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 again, if you go on the wrestling sleeve list. What do you say? You know, not, not knowing too much of any of them. Uh, who am I to doubt El Dandy? Right. I'm going to say uh, I think it is very feasible with with some of the things you hear about, you know, some of those shows down in Mexico and and some of the things and some of the things that went on in professional wrestling as a whole in that era. Uh, I would not be surprised. I have no inside input. I would not be surprised if it was true. <laughs> Based on some of the stories that I know about Me- about Mexican wrestling that are true, yeah, that's absolutely feasible. Like I would not be surprised yeah. <laughs> at all. Jesus. This list right. is just disgusting. All right. That's <laughs> not the fun of it, though, Josh. I know. I love it. I just can't believe this is a thing. <laughs> All right, Mark. Yeah, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, but what <laughs> what from your time in AIW has kind of helped you outside of wrestling? I know you mentioned you, you helped, obviously, with your intern hours and stuff like that. But is there anything sure, else yeah. that's kind of applied outside of wrestling? Honestly, in area, it's been a huge help for me. And not that it was ever bad. Was my my uh, Excuse me. You'd think I talked for a living. My relationship with my kids, uh, there was a period where my son came to shows pretty regularly with me. Um, and now my daughter, you'll see frequently at, at shows with me. Uh, and it it was grew even closer, especially my son. So he is not my son by birth. He was seven years old when, when my wife and I got married. Um, never had a, a bad relationship per se, but we definitely grew a whole lot closer when he started coming to shows with me. Uh, just the, and it was cool for him. Cause I always say, you know, I hope I never reach the day where it stops being surreal to me to see these guys that I've known for years on TV. Um, but we reached a point with him where he started seeing these guys that he would hang out with, you know, uh, Ethan page was, was his guy. He would always buddy around with Eddie Kingston and, and joke with him and talk with him. Um, so all these guys, he, he got used to seeing in the locker room and, and they would say what's up to him and say, cause they were used to seeing him for him to see them on TV was, was super cool. So yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. It's just that relationship. And I'd be remiss not to mention now that I think about it, uh, my marriage as a whole, I actually met my wife at an AIW show. Wow. Interesting. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> she, uh, the funny thing is she was brought by a friend of hers to meet someone else entirely. She had recently gotten out of a relationship. Um, one of the wrestlers had recently gotten a divorce and was kind of in a downward spiral over it all. So her friend who would regularly come to the shows with Pedro came, brought her, but she never met this wrestler because I had talked to her first. And, and you'll see on Twitter, usually 
on the anniversary every day, uh, Adam Lash, without realizing it, had tweeted out a picture, a screen grab of me from the night I met my wife. It was just a shot of me on commentary that he he put out there because he was like, man, look how young Wadsworth is. <laughs> and it was the night that I met my wife. Wow. So that's obviously probably the biggest thing is my marriage as a whole came from my AIW and my time in AIW. <laughs> awesome. That's, that's great. Uh, so usually these these questions I go through, your, go through people's Twitters, but... Um... You're not, boring as hell. A, you're not much of a Twitter person. <laughs> Mine is boring as hell. For you. <laughs> Unless you like reading about my kids' sports, then it is super boring. <laughs> so we're going to go to you. I'm going to go to the safe fallback. So just like getting to know you a little bit outside wrestling, like hobbies, interests. Like I know you're obviously family is a big part for you, but what do you like? What do you like to do to decompress? Um, you know, I'm as basic as they come. I am a guy who, if I can do it, I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to uh, stream some shows. Uh, like I said, I just finished the after party on Apple Plus with my daughter. And that was one that I started watching on my own. And, and she started, happened to be in the living room while I was watching it and wanted to know who did it. Uh, but, you know, your Marvel shows, your Disney shows, um, Star Wars shows, I'll always catch those. And those are the ones that kind of, I'm the only one in the house that likes. So those are my alone time shows, you know, basic, super basic mobile games on my phone type of thing. I always joke that, you know, a lot of guys are, they fish or they hunt or they golf or work on car. I don't do any of that. My escape time is AIW, is calling professional wrestling shows. Like, that's my get out of the house and have something for me time. What did you think of uh, the season of what we do in the shadows? Oh, it was fantastic. I, I haven't been disappointed yet. I love that show. It's so good. Uh, it is, it is absolutely is one of my favorite. I think it's one of the funniest shows on, on TV today and on TV in a long time. I always end up having to watch it back. Cause like my first viewing, I'll get like the, the basic stuff out of it, but then watching it back, I pick up on like little subtle jokes that go sure, on through it, and it's just were... so, so good. Some of these little subtle jokes that they hit and it's like, it's yeah. so much funnier. Yeah. Some of the little, or, you know, just a simple weird pronunciation or oh he um, laszlo is so good for that like i love yeah. all the weird shit and how he pronounces it it's the best i it's still i mean it was a fantastic season my favorite episode is still jackie Day- daytona ordinary <laughs> human bartender <laughs> um, uh, i that is the peak of of tv comedy i think that was, was, such was a really into episode. the the uh volleyball team that was the best yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mars. No, it's <laughs> fine. I'm like I'm incapacitated this week anyway, so that's why I'm <laughs> going through some stuff. Um, I had something I lost it. Uh, you talking about Marvel and Star Wars stuff? What's sure. like? What's the Star Wars? Like, because I I've kind of missed out on these last few uh, Star Wars shows. I'm kind of like debating getting back into them. So which are, which are the ones I should check out? Which should I avoid? I mean, Mandalorian is the obvious answer. They've they've killed it with that. Um, I. So everyone loves Andor. I never finished it. It was one where I was distracted for the first couple episodes. I was paying a little bit too much attention to the, the game on my phone or something. So it never really hooked me. I've got to go back and because everybody swears by it. That's that's uh, what I hear. Everyone's it was like, such a slow out. burn. I just I cannot yeah. sit and, and get to what like I didn't understand like who the character was. Like nothing was like the references weren't hitting for me. I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. This isn't yeah. interesting to me. And and that was kind of where I was on it. Um, I'm really enjoying Ahsoka, though. 
Yeah. And it's I've seen somebody refer to it as the the anti Andor in that aspect. There was a ton of action every episode, you know. It's live action so, Rebels. It's the best. Yeah. Like I didn't even watch <laughs> Rebels and like I love I love Ahsoka. It's so interesting and so like it feels like a, a spin-off of Mandalorian. It feels like it's yeah. in that same realm. It's it's like an episodic doing its thing. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's not overly CGI'd up like mess like some of the other stuff is. It's mm-hmm. it's very it feels very grounded. They the the sets are not like these overly eccentric sets. Like there were the the second and third or the third and fourth episodes they were on a you know, on that planet with like the uh, red trees. It was just nice. Mm-hmm. It was just visually, it looked good. Mm-hmm. And the story is good. I mean, I wasn't a huge Rebels guy either, but um, this is just working. I, I like Rosario Dawson in anything though. So, And I worried about that going in because I never watched, you know, I've, I've gotten the gist of some stuff that happened on Rebels, but I've never sat down and watched it. I was like, crap, do I have to sit down and, and watch these to know? But I, I don't feel like I've lost anything. They do. I feel like though, Jedi job, Survivor, like... if, if you played Jedi Survivor, a lot of this stuff with uh, what's her name, who is the Night Sister, and and mm-hmm. all that stuff, that was all in that game too. Like if if you played that game, if you played uh, Knights, uh, whatever the one before that was, the 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 prequel to that to uh, Survivor, those games introduced a lot of these weird interdimensional travel and stuff like that. So this was kind of you didn't really need Rebels unless you knew. Who Ezra Bridger was and shit like that. So even then, you didn't need that because they explained right. enough that it's like, okay, you get it. They were friends. They want to go find yeah. him, whatever. Right. And it's it's just like I it feels like it's very much like they just took some elements from Mandalorian, put put them in in the, with this with Jedi and stuff like that, and you get your group of friends going on an adventure to find their friend. Mm-hmm. and like stop a bad guy and it's like all right I, I you can get into that on the base level and it's like it's just fun and i i really i think they said that this was supposed to build to a movie or something so i'm like so it from my understanding all of all of the shows feloni is involved with so the movie is supposed to wrap like mandalorian and book of boba fett and ahsoka you know it's supposed to tie all of them together that's gonna at be least insane. It's, it's kind of what i've heard on it I'm curious if we'll get another season of Boba Fett too. Cause like, I know a lot of people hated that. Like we took a break in the middle of it to do some Mandalorian, to like, do a, an episode of Mandalorian yeah, like 2.5, yeah. <laughs> like, which was fine with me because I think that you had to do stuff with that story to get it caught up to where it needed to be to fit with Boba Fett, where he was sure. at. So I thought it, I loved it. I love Boba Fett. I love that. We finally got, his story of how he came out of the Sarlacc and built him up as a character. People said it was boring. I loved it. I loved how he, you know, hung up the sand people did all that. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really love that season. And um, I think that if they're going to do something with like all these characters together, it's going to be insane. Like I'll be there day one. That'll get me into the theater over the, the crap we got with the, that last trilogy. Cause I <laughs> saw the first one and I didn't bother with the other two after. So um yeah i was on the same page with with book of both i enjoyed it i had this debate with with a couple guys not too long ago where they you know it, was, it, it wasn't what they were expecting when they said there was a boba fett and i said you know why it wasn't what you were expecting because they made that show it was called the mandalorian that's what well, but, you thought boba fett was going to be <laughs> well but they they also made they also made boba fett during the pandemic so you sure. know you were missing entire casts and entire set pieces and you know, they were doing the best they could. I mean, maybe they should have just postponed it, but 
you know, you, you miss the grandeur of what that show probably could have been. Sure. You yeah. can film it, you know, and, and only have allowed to have like six actors on the set at one time. Cause I feel like there would never more than that, you know, in the first yeah. like three episodes. So, yeah, I mean, we got kind of that the 2020 ruined everything, but anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I liked it. I liked that we got to see Cad Bane in live action. He was freaking awesome. Yeah. Cad yeah. Bane's uh, awesome. That like that whole, just all the different bounty hunters, black or Santhan, like that was all fucking sweet. That was, I really, really dug that. And that really brought me back into like loving star Wars for that stuff and not paying attention to what, like a lot of the fans were complaining about, because like I heard it from even like people that were casual star Wars, like people that didn't enjoy the beginning of Boba Fett. And I'm like, I'm just letting this play out. Like I like Boba Fett as a character. And then we got the Mandalorian stuff in there and they were bitching about that. And I'm like, and then people were bitching about when Mandalorian started, like, Oh, we left off. It was this. It's like, it was very widely known that there was stuff with Mandalorian attached to Boba Fett. If you didn't watch that, and you completely missed when everybody was saying, hey, there's new Mandalorian episodes. That's on you at that point. Like, yeah. come on. You had a year to watch it. Yeah. Mark, so, sorry. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> no, I loved all I'm that. Good. So voicemails. We could do voicemails. Oh, yeah. We could go to voicemails and get some more info. <laughs> I know I've got at least two. Hello. There's no more than that. So we actually have six uh, six phone calls. See? So. Oh man! All right. I think it ties the record. <laughs> I believe you, know, right. you might be right. Actually, it's definitely up there. Uh, it is up I only know that because I legitimately was doing a crash course on some of the interviews, so I knew what I was in for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, it's nothing crazy. We we like uh, you know we no, have a good it, time. All right. So let's see. Up first is uh, our buddy uh, Ronald Two Legs. Yeah, he was one of the ones I knew about. <laughs> Indie Wrestling Guide, this is your boy, Ronald Two Legs. I am calling uh, from AIW's Rumble on Main Street. I'm calling for you, Mr. Wadsworth. I'm actually looking at you right now as I make this phone call. <laughs> My question, uh, recently at AIW WrestleRager, uh, Isaiah Broner uh, pinned Hendrix Hawkins in oh, 62 seconds is what I had it at the Timekeeper's booth. Um, 62 seconds. That's the fastest singles match I can think of, uh, since I've been coming to AIW. Uh, but since you are the resident AIW, uh, statistician or whatever the word is, uh, records keeper, uh, I figured you'd know better. Uh, what, what is, what is AIW's like record pinfall? Who has, uh, who has the fastest pinfall if it's not Isaiah Brown? Um, thanks. Bye. He's not kidding. He legitimately, like, I was over at the commentary table and he said, all right, I left you a voicemail. <laughs> That's what I, said. I knew I had two. Um, I don't, I'm pretty confident it is not the fastest. I don't, that's the statistic that I don't necessarily have offhand. Uh, there's a lot of, of history in 18 years. The one that comes to mind is during Gopher Broke. Um, was it against there, uh, Uno or whatever his name was? That one's up there. Uh, I think I think maybe Josh and Uno had one, and then um, Derek and Razor Sharp had one. That, that no both way. of those were no. That Razor Sharp match, Razor Razor moving around the ring alone took up all the time. But that's that. I think <laughs> if I remember correctly, Derek kind of beat him down before the bell rang. 
Oh, okay. So that it legitimately was a bell rang. Derek did one thing and pinned it. Um, but unfortunately, those ones have not made the transition from our our transition between streaming providers. So I couldn't double check it, but I'm I'm pretty sure that was uh that was much less than sixty two seconds. All right. Up next is uh, Young Ed. I'm scared. Hey, everybody, it's Ed. Uh, I have a question for uh, Wadsworth. Um, hey, this is all compliments to everybody. As I'm saying this, it's like this is these are all positive things. But you seem really fucking normal, like a really like aggressively <laughs> normal guy. How are you? How are you involved? How um how in wrestling? How how have you done this? Matt, you seem like like you seem like my neighbor, like that I'm friendly enough with, and that's an awesome vibe. And it's like when I take my dog out, you would be like you have the mechanical shears out doing the big giant bush, and then you'd be like hot enough for you, and then we'd both chuckle. <laughs> and I don't understand how you've been in AIW this long and kept this normalcy. Because uh, everybody, and I mean this with love, everybody's a fucking freak. And uh, how have you stayed so fucking normal? It's wild. Uh, I, that's my cat. Um, yeah. Or maybe don't tell me. Maybe keep it a secret, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> how are you so normal? Okay, buddy. Uh, okay. Why like a two night for the wrestling business? I think of what he's trying to tell you. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, first off, way better. I was terrified when I saw that he tweeted that uh, there's a question he's been wanting to ask since he started coming <laughs> in. I was like, oh, God, I can only imagine where this is going. Um, right? Like, I get it. The vibe is is kind of like, and what he's getting at almost is, uh, like, what section of the basement are the bodies in, right? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's how it came across to me. Was You always see that interview. I don't know. He was so quiet. He kept to himself. He was the nicest guy whenever he talked to me. Uh, I don't, I mean, that's, that's just the way I've always been. I was, I was not unpopular, but I was not a popular kid growing up. I just kind of was there. And I'd say that's kind of the same, <laughs> same thing here. Um, I, I have, man, there's, there are few and far between, but there are a couple stories over the years of, um, nothing near most of what you hear from the after parties and that. And that's part of it is I I've been to very few after parties over the years. Uh, I am ready to just get home to my family. I know that about you. Yeah. I keep, I I'm always like, uh, how come Wadsworth never comes and hangs out at these, at these after parties. There's been a couple of times that I wouldn't have minded, but I have my kids with me, you know, and I'm like, yeah. well, I'm not taking him to it or I'm not taking her to it. Um, so it, it's rare. Like when we did West Fest, that was a big party. When we did the the one down at OU, um, the shows we did in Michigan, in Taylor, Michigan. But I was also 22, 23 at the time versus in my 40s now. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, uh, or late 20s, I would have been at the time. So, yeah, I mean, that's just who I am. Honestly, I'm I am the most ordinary, uninteresting um so I almost felt bad for Marcy when we're preparing the show. I was like, there is nothing <laughs> in her wheelhouse that covers me. <laughs> we made it work. <laughs> um, it, there's no secret to it, man. I just, I've been around. Like I said, I've known John for years and I'm the guy that, and even, you know, some of his wildest stories from when we were younger, I usually wasn't there. <laughs> you know, I'm the guy who has lots of stories of my friends doing crazy stuff, but not a whole lot of me doing it. 
All right. Up next is uh, one of our Patreon members, Brock. Hey, guys. It's Brock, uh, King of the Smoke. Uh, first time, long time. Saw you guys have Brock. a on, so I wanted to call and ask a question. Uh, as a customer of Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, why am I the best catering service in our area? <laughs> I'll take any opportunity I can to show my business and hear somebody put me over. So uh, thanks. Love the show. Love you long time. <laughs> yeah, Brock did. Um... We had just moved down this way. We're down in the Canton area, so not far away from him. Uh, we had moved down here, and we're doing my my son's graduation party here last year. And uh, it was the logical choice once I realized that I was fairly close. So we had we had Smoke and Jay's cater the party. Although for all the calling in here in marketing, I still can't believe he didn't bring business cards with him. Everybody <laughs> raved about it. And I'm like, all you needed were business cards sitting on the table next to the food and people would have been grabbing them. You know, who knows if you actually follow up. But I was like, man, it's a marketing thing you're missing. You always bring the business cards and put them next to the, the catering. <laughs> but it, it was fantastic. Everybody raved about it. I recommend them highly. Anytime somebody asks for any suggestions for any kind of catering or any kind of party like that, uh, smoking Joe's smoking, smoking Jay's, um, was awesome. All the food was great. He, he was timely. He got it all set up, provided everything for us. So yeah, he's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, up next, another Patreon member, Zach. Hey, the indie wrestling guy. Uh, question for you this week. What do y'all think of uh, credits in uh, wrestling, right? Seems to be like a, you know, a produced product that doesn't ever have like, who's the producers, writers, Who's doing the camera? You know, all these things. Uh, so, yeah. So, what do you think of uh, in 2023, we start doing some credits uh, in wrestling? So, all right. Y'all take care. Bye. Well, well, I can say that the uh, uh, Mysterious Benefactors did get a credit at the end of uh, Go For Broke. So, <laughs> yes, Zach, if it's a TV show, like a TV taping, TV style show, maybe, yes. But you don't need credits on pay-per-view productions i mean i think those were kind of uh, i don't i don't know i never i don't remember there being well, any credits at the end of wrestlemania but why but, 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 but would it hurt like i don't know here's the, thing. here's the thing like i don't necessarily want to know the name of the writer of the show that takes me out of it but there are a lot of people that work behind the games in production especially with the big companies let them have their flower oh yeah production like production yeah let them get their deal don't tell me the name of the writing team, though, and then people are going to freaking try to stalk them. Why did you book it this way? No, screw that. <laughs> yeah, right. I hope everybody um, does that to Wadsworth from now on. They, when you find him in the street, why Why didn't you do that? <laughs> I, I've had it a couple times where I uh, I catch someone, somebody catches me in the store, and I always feel bad because I'm like, I, I just don't really know how to react in that situation. Just somebody, you know, reacting like I'm someone people should know. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. Cool. I'm shopping with my wife. I'm going to take off now. You know, <laughs> um, I seem to remember like the early NWA days, like the Clash of Champions and that. I feel like there would always be credits on those. WKW did um, it up until I think I think up until Bischoff quit the first time WKW did it. They did yeah. it for a long time. I, I feel like that type of stuff, although still you're absolutely right. I, I don't remember there ever being mention of who the writers were. But from a production standpoint, you know, director, producer, camera, um, I would imagine it comes with presenting it like a sports broadcast. You know, maybe there's a small scroll at the end of a, a football game, but how many of us have ever really seen it? And now that 
every game is televised instead of one game every, you know, 10. Yeah. They're jumping right into another game. So you don't get those credits either on, on most sports broadcasts, I think. Yeah. And it, you know, to an extent, like I, this is something that I talked about with Chase when we started doing, when we went in house with production, um, he would always want to come back to the commentary desk to rap with the idea being like a, a post show that you would see, or, you know, you go back to the commentators and you see them at the end of a football game or something. And that's where I kind of went, I, I don't agree with us doing it. We want to end on the action, right? If there's an angle going on, you don't want to cut back to me End on the angle. You know, I'll stop talking at some point, film as much of the angle as you can, and then go to black. You don't need to come back to me to tell the people what we just saw. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's a little peek behind the curtain. And he, he understood. Like, I got where he was coming from. Chase has been fantastic in this whole thing. He's, he's added so many elements uh, since we started doing this in-house. Um, but that was, you know, just something like that where I'm like, listen, you, you want to end on the action. You want the last thing they remember to be whatever that big moment is that ended the show, whether it be a celebration, whether it be someone getting jumped, whatever. Um, but that's, you want that story to be the last thing in their head. Right. I can, I can, I can go either way on that. I like, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're going, coming from. I'm okay either way with that. Honestly, that, that they work both ways in my opinion. Sure. And I'm going to talk through the action unless it's interrupting the action. You know, if guys are yelling at each other, you don't want me talking over them. But if it's just somebody being jumped, I'm obviously going to be commentating on that. And I'll give some form of a sign off, but you still don't have to fade to black just because I gave my final line. All right. Up next is the other JB. Hey there, Indie Wrestling Guide. It's the other JB here. Hopefully I'm getting this in before y'all record the episode. So, but on the ratings discussion, my favorite uh, movie podcast has a uh, special system. They use a C, C plus, and C minus scale so that um, they of uh, having reviews to get on movie posters or get um, recognition. Um, in that sense, they want the, their analysis to speak for itself. Um, they've only broken it once. Um, they gave a D to cats, which was, <laughs> oh, you've got Wadsworth on the podcast. Um, so I'm wondering if Wadsworth is like me and a bunch of other people, if he's a Halloween person. Um, people, um, sort of getting around the time when we start watching some, we, you know, turn up our, um, horror movie watching, horror or spooky. I'm wondering if he's got any that are kind of like his go-to for the season. I know for me, I like to watch Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. That one's always going. Um, I'll always give Reanimator another go. Um, and I also like uh, Trick or Treat. Um, actually, both treats. Um, obviously, the um, anthology one with Sam, but also the 1980s one with, um, well, you've got a couple of uh, rock and uh, metal uh, cameos in there. So I'll let people watch that for themselves. It's a pretty good one. I got a nice shirt for it. Maybe I'll wear it at a show one day. Anyways, already hope you guys have a uh, good time. Well, first off, uh, just one I think a million points with John Thorne if he listens by saying uh, Halloween three is one of the go-tos. He is a very outspoken proponent of Halloween three being an underrated masterpiece. Um, I've, I've been a weird, I tend to go in cycles in my life. So when I was younger, super into slasher movies, uh, you know, Thorne and I made a point with our neighbor one time. We 
we had seen some statistic online about the body count of the different slasher movie villains. So we made a point because we were like, there's no way Jason has that many that we sat down and to watch through all the Friday the 13th and tally up the on-screen kills, you know, that you would see. So I have, I've seen, I've seen all the, you know, all the nightmares, all the Friday the 13th. Uh, Thorne and I saw Freddy vs. Jason twice on opening night when it came out. Uh, I thought he was going to have a meltdown because the night before it came out was the great East Coast blackout. <laughs> And I specifically remember him while we were standing in the yard saying he has been waiting years for this movie. And if this damn blackout keeps him from being able to see it on opening night. Uh, So we had gone and seen it with a buddy of ours. We went out to one theater. We saw it. We loved it so much. We dropped our buddy off because he had to go into work. He worked third shift. We went to tell our other buddy about it. I looked up uh, movie times. Saw it was starting at another theater down the street from our house, and we had enough time to make it over there. We agreed to split our other buddy's ticket between the two of us because he didn't have any money, and we went and saw it a second time. Uh, so that was definitely high. That's that's a memorable experience, period. So, yeah, I've definitely been a horror movie guy over the years. Uh, I don't necessarily have any ones that I sit down and watch every Halloween because I'm kind of in a, a period where I don't go out of my way to watch them. I did this most recent Halloween trilogy, I made a point to to watch those because I had watched the first one that they did. And I was like, man, I love it. I, this is fantastic. The last one wasn't any good. Where, where, yeah, where, was, where, where did you fall on that? Because I liked it watching it a second time. I thought it made a lot more sense watching it. It put a lot. I like there's just a little bit of stuff you have to put together, but I thought it was fine. I don't I don't so, get the massive hate it got. I had the conversation. Stupid. Yeah. Thorne went and saw it in the theaters. I waited until it it hit streaming on a service I actually subscribed to. So then I finally watched it. It wasn't bad, but it was not the movie that was set up. That's where the issue lies. The example I gave to tie it back in, since ostensibly this is a, a wrestling podcast. I, the example I gave Thorne when I told sometimes him why. Sometimes words were sometimes. <laughs> that's why you said ostensibly, you know, <laughs> fringe. Um, I said, imagine if. You had the build to WrestleMania three of Hogan versus Andre. And you had that whole build exactly like it happened. And you got to the main event of WrestleMania three and it was Bret Hart versus some guy you'd never heard of before for 45 minutes with Hogan at ringside watching the whole time. And then in the last two minutes, Andre lumbers down to the ring. Hogan gets in, slams him, leg drops him and pins him. Like that's essentially what we got with that movie. You spent uh, two two movies building to the final confrontation, and, and he was Michael living Myers in a is, sewer. Is barely in the movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, and we spend the whole time with this other guy who, in a horror movie by itself, wouldn't have been bad. That's my uh, thing. Why was like, he living I, in a sewer? Well, that's stupid. what I mean. If they didn't frame this as as the third Halloween in this trilogy and just gave me a movie about this guy, this this kid. Yeah, it wasn't a bad horror movie, but it wasn't the movie I sat down to watch, and it wasn't the movie you spent the last two movies building to. <laughs> I, good lord, it was not good. <laughs> no, I, I'm not giving Butters any credit on that. What is not? <laughs> I don't know. It made a lot of sense to me. You just, uh, Josh, you're a popcorn flick guy. You shut your brain off when you watch movies <laughs> instead of correct. using it. So, yes, use your brain a little bit. It's there. There, there was, there was enough there. I felt like that. That told what needed to be told. Yeah, gonna, I, I like your analogy 
uh, uh matt i do like that analogy i think that i can see where you're coming from with that um but at the same time i feel like it's i don't know it just felt weird to build all that up again because essentially i mean so what would you wanted it to happen would you want him to just come out of nowhere again and hunt for her again i or? you know i wasn't even necessarily uh, upset with the fact that that he was off screen and that he had kind of disappeared it's a little weird that she moved on uh, you know if you spent your whole life in terror of of this guy and then wanting to to kill him if you watched him slaughter your whole town and then just disappear. Right. I can't imagine the next Halloween you'd be setting up decorations and, and planning what candy to give to the kids. And why should right. I have to think for a horror movie? <laughs> just kill some people and then you get either burned alive or oh, dead. Boy. And it's the end of it. I should never have to think, Butters, in a horror movie ever. <laughs> Thinking should be out of the question. And that's why you would run up the stairs instead of out the front door. Oh, fuck no, dude. And any horror movie, I know it. As soon as I hear a noise in my own house, I throw my wife down the steps and go, I'm out of here. Bullshit. You fall down the steps. You're the first one to go. Listen, it happens. It happens. All right. uh, Final caller. It's purple belt time. Oh, God. It is Stan. I do feel special. In. I even got a Stan call. Oh, you got a Stan call. Just wait. <laughs> oh. oh, my. He's on one this week, too. Yep. My God. All right. Hi. It's me, Stan from Burlington. I don't know if you remember me. Hey, I didn't call last week, but I listened. And that show certainly was, well, something. Everyone had come back from two weeks off. You guys kept acting like you had jetted off to Ibiza or East Hampton. I'm beginning to wonder what you're doing with Chris and Zach and Brock's Patreon money. And then there was the point in the show where the four of you gave your very qualified and obviously very requested Labor Relations Council to reach some sort of detente in the WGA and SAG after strike. <laughs> <laughs> to come to Hollywood and take over as arbitrators. <laughs> Here's Charlie Butters with Randy Weingarten, Jimmy Hoppe, and prominent labor lawyer Ted Keel. Hey! <laughs> oh, and who can forget Jay Gold bringing his supposedly beloved family members into the discussion? First, he shamed his cousin, who may or may not have ordered my merch. And by the way, I'll be looking forward to a residuals check when that happens. <laughs> Maybe I can buy some cutwater Long Island Ice Teas. Then Jay Gold shamed his own brother for perhaps drinking too much at one time or another. And Charlie Butters piled on. Hey, Jay Gold, at least your brother doesn't need a handful of Percocets or Propofol to sleep like Michael Jackson, and likely has not been a suspect in the death of his wife, you mushmouth pervert. <laughs> Hi, Marcy. Hi. Hi. How many times have you pleasured yourself in the last 24 hours to replays of the Browns game yesterday? <laughs> Jared, would you get out of the shower? Your daughter has school today. And tell K-Hawk to stop sending lewd texts about what he's going to do to Nick Chubb next week. (laughs) Well, I certainly feel a little bit better now. Oh, I see you have a guest this week. Matt Wadsworth. Speaking of lewd, what are you guys doing? Or should I say, who are you guys doing over at the IW corporate offices to get such classy guests? (laughs) Matt Wadsworth calls matches with Nathan Zagura. And yet he's willing to give this show some time, even with a triple header of shows this coming weekend? Hey, Wadsworth, this show went on and on last week about how diverse and supposedly healthy their downloads have been getting. Guess what they didn't point out? 
that they're getting any action in Cleveland. So if you're expecting a ticket sales boost, you better go on Barstool. <laughs> but if I had to ask Wadsworth a question, it would be something really generic that John Thorne has been asked like 6,000 times in the AIW Discord. And that in terms of answers has been beaten like a dead horse. So, um, tell me your all-time favorite fantasy booking, if you can get anyone. <laughs> Just kidding. Blah, blah, blah. Ask and answered. Better you should tell everyone how drugged and drunk you were when you committed to coming on this show. Well, I'm almost finished. Seeing that this show never fails to misread the room, I'm assuming you guys are recording this show on 9-11. And I'm going to go pay my respects to Burlington's first responders by getting drunk down at the Burlington house and passing out with a thank you note pinned to my chest. <laughs> but seeing that this is a day marked normally with sadness and reflection and memorials. Hey, Charlie, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Never. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> oh, <bye. laughs> uh, I can honestly say, Stan, that the fact that today with 9-11 did not cross any of our minds. Oh, Stan, what the fuck, man? <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, listen, he was completely complimentary to me, so oh, I'm going to take it. <laughs> well, there was no way he was going to be anything but complimentary of you. I don't understand what just happened, but he just, again, accusing me of murder most of the time, which is standard status quo. But, uh, yeah, thanks, Stan. Stan likes me. Ooh. Yes, Stan loves Marcy. I know that much. Well, you, we know Stan hit the head, the, the nail on the head with Jayhawk too. You know, oh, he, fuck it, off, butter. Jayhawk's hands look very pruny from from where I'm at. So he's definitely been in the shower <laughs> nonstop. So, <laughs> oh shit. Oh. Well, it feels complete. Like it makes the appearance feel complete. There you go. Exactly. Stan's the time to call in and. <laughs> oh, I guess he's on a back. Three minute yeah. rant. Yeah, they found him from his uh, his his furlough, and he's he's back and doing whatever the hell it is he's doing. So getting drunk for nine eleven with a yep. thank you note pinned to his chest. <laughs> Wadsworth, you uh, we we appreciate you coming on. You have plugs for us and plugs for the weekend. Absolutely, I mean Stan kind of did it for me. That was a hell of a yep. plug. Yep, yeah, we have three shows this week on JT Lightning Invitational Tournament, and obviously, if you if you've listened this far, you know how big of a part JT is in our lives um, and was in our lives. We legitimately AW would not exist without him. We never would have run our first untrained show, let alone any of the AW shows without JT. Uh, so that's why it's such a big deal for us to to remember him every year. And this year's tournament is absolutely insane um to have masato tanaka psychosis and shavo guerrero in the same lineup is without a doubt the the biggest one we've had uh, it's still surreal to me that i'll get to call another masato tanaka match uh, it was crazy the first time shavo guerrero and psychosis obviously first time but um just absolutely loaded tournament 24 competitors over over two days and then the student debuts on Saturday afternoon at Fresh Meat. Um, do not sleep on that one. I've had a chance. Normally, I don't see the students until they debut. Uh, I got to see a few of them in North Canton. One of them wrestled and filled in after after Chase Oliver's health. Or I'm sorry, not Chase Oliver. Chase Oliver did have a health scare um, after uh, Shaw Mason's health issues last weekend. He had yep. to be pulled off the Wadsworth show. So one of the students ended up filming that match. These guys are uh, fantastic, and they are being set up to succeed with the guys that they are in there with. 
So while you may not be familiar with them, those matches are going to be something to see. Uh, so it is night one, Friday night, the fresh meat show Saturday afternoon and night two to follow Saturday night. Uh, if you're in Cleveland, get down to Temple Live. If you're not, we will be on uh, Fight Plus streaming live all three shows. So you can hear more of my voice if you didn't get enough of it on the show. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, Wadsworth AIW. That is the lone wrestling related one I have. Uh, you'll frankly see most of the stuff you would see on my personal ones anyways <laughs> about my kids. And, and it's excellent. It's adult. So, yeah. If you want to be, if you're a dad and you're adult, yeah. you follow Wadsworth <laughs> on, on Twitter, you're going to get the dad Twitter. I you're love it. Very proud dad stuff. Yes, it's great. Um, so yeah, you know, shoot me a follow there, Wadsworth AIW. Obviously follow AI Wrestling on all of your social medias because uh, you're going to see a lot of retweets of their stuff from me anyways, usually with my spin on it. Uh, but most importantly, either either get downtown this weekend or stream it on Fight Plus. Either way, help us out. This is an insanely loaded lineup, and we want to keep doing this every year. Uh, it is very important to us to continue to do it every year, to remember JT. Um, it gets very tough if it's not successful every year. Yeah. Uh, from a wrestling standpoint, it always is. I get it. It's not easy to commit to three shows in two days. Uh, just if you can be there or if you can watch, please do. Thank you, Wadsworth. That's excellent. All right. Well, um, we're going to go to our plugs, but you know, you can hang out until the end or we can tell you, you know, thank you for joining us because this is a big get for us. Wadsworth, you know, you don't seem to understand <laughs> having the, uh, the president of AIW on is a, is a great guest for us. So thank you again. Oh, and speaking of president, I forgot a presidential related question to ask. Oh. As, as the president, you have the power to uh, make some big moves. Uh, where's the AIW booty shorts? I need some AIW booty shorts. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I joke when people bring it up on commentary that if you think I actually have authority, you haven't been paying attention. They just never stopped calling me the president. <laughs> but but I feel like John Thornton will listen to you if you suggested this. If I suggest the booty shorts. <laughs> yes. I'm, you know, I'm surprised there hasn't been at least a limited run. I know, because if Dustin we, can get a stupid a bucket cap, yeah, if we get yeah, a bucket, he's got his bucket cap, caps, he's got his tank yeah. tops. We got to figure out something. Uh, well, well so I guess you kind of answered my my follow up question was going to be: Is like in an elected position, you got to like run every four years no. to stay as AIW president? Because <laughs> uh, I know some people that might want to put their their hat in the ring to uh, challenge you for to be the AIW president. No, it was the the least. Uh, reacted to dramatic reveal ever because i had been gone for about 10 months and uh came back as the new mystery authority figure and uh nobody there knew who i was we had had a huge turnover in the audience in the meantime <laughs> i was, was just some dude quite that the mystery his head. yeah <laughs> the mystery remained after i revealed myself <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't help that you've made it many decisions in your entire time at pregnant that honey did a commissioner and how how right. long she would technically can commissioner we so. listen wadsworth is in those meetings there's like an off all the federations get together <laughs> the presidents the gms they all talk they have gm meetings like in baseball in the winter we we joked that uh nick brown who would come out for the uh the winchester shows as a referee from the pittsburgh area had apparently had more authority when we were in the winchester than i did because people <laughs> would ask him if they can do <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs>
Yeah, I, I do remember specifically asking you. I got like in front of you for a show. You were talking about Duke not defending the boot, and I literally looked back at you and went, you're the president, just make him put the thing online. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Listen, I still don't recognize it. I don't care that it's on Cage Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, now that we're, we've are we talked Wadsworth's ear off, let's go. Plugs, who's first? You can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, Twitch and TikTok at RefJayhawk. Uh, I will be in the building at Temple Live on Saturday for sure. As a fan, my next actual wrestling appearance where I'll be working will be for Real Action Pro Wrestling September 23rd, Ohio Urban Renaissance Center in Youngstown, Ohio. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, OnlyFans, and Blue Sky at eGirlFemboyBoy, spelled B-O-I. Listen to my other podcast, X-Over, and I don't know. I don't got anything else to plug, I guess. Um, I don't know. Go, <laughs> Bothers. I'm sorry. I'm awkward. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at, the tism. At Charlie underscore Butters. Uh, I do not have the tism. Uh, most of the time. Sometimes. The tism. Uh, if you catch my grift, might be coming back. Still don't know much more information on that. Uh, I did get uh, did run into a random fan of the podcast at the collision tapings, and Ooh. they raved about uh the show and hoping that it was coming back soon so that made me feel good uh and they they were able to pick me out of the crowd by my voice so uh <laughs> that was kind of awkward and interesting um but yeah that's all i got that people actually, in my town go ahead that's actually, that actually, that actually not only a true story but it threw me off usually i'm the one getting recognized because so you're like, a hall of fame ref exactly yeah. and right. he, he was very jealous about it too he, he was seething all night. <laughs> People in my town recognize my voice because I'm always yelling at my kid. So it happens. Um, please rate. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at jgold 12 Instagram jgold 12 Rate, review, and subscribe, please. We're gonna uh, we're gonna push this one. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Check out our Twitter handle iwguide one, the YouTube page, the Patreon, Patreon.com backslash iwguide. Don't forget about the merch store over at Brainbuster Tees. We have so much great merch over there. Uh, all the different designs, Marcy's Arcade, the 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 production collab, the Ziggy Heim collab, the Stan from Burlington merchandise, the basic ones with our face. Put our faces on your bodies. The sweatshirts are awesome. This the, the uh, sweatpants. It's starting to get cold again, so check it out. Listen to our podcast, friends, at Odds with Wrestling. The card is going to change. X over with our very own Marcy and... Hiya, Bussy, a wrestling adjacent podcast. And check out uh, uh, JCP Designs, the official graphic designer of the Indie Wrestling Guide, pwponderings.com, Time Capsule Toys, Toy Ohio, Rubber City Toys, Big Starks Brands, Set Tab Photo, Michelle Carter and Jose Rodriguez Photography, AJ Small Photography, our pal Six, Sick Things Clothing. By the way, he has a pre sale for the JLIT tournament. It is a uh, um, tie dyed. Sick things clothing with the with the JLIT tournament on the back. Um, you can email him at will at sickthingsclothing.com for details. You'll get one of those shirts. He's only doing a run that he's going to give it to you at the show. Um, so reach out to Will. Will's a great dude. Um, Angry Lemonade and Smoking Jay's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Ohio. That's all I got. Who's got the quote? Uh, I got it. Uh, yes, fire Dan Housen with two S's. He makes the company zero dollars. The person who wrote this is really smart and should definitely have a job writing. <laughs> what the f- <laughs> fuck? No DQ.com. You guys suck. Yes, sir. <laughs>
watch indie wrestling watch j lit this weekend watch fresh meat let's have a blast oh and come on x or twitter for we're calling it i'm gonna be doing a watch along friday night my mom's gonna be over and she's gonna be watching for kaplan because she loves him saturday night my brother will be there so we will be doing a benefactors watch along of fresh meat and of uh j lit for rosh hashanah so come on and hang out and if you're going to the show on if to any of the show can you see me i i accept drink and food so now me too Bye. <laughs> Later, everybody. Later. Later, dweebs. Phone checker, swinging sword lecture, closing down the sector, supreme neck protector, better want him kid, Mr. Mepsa, boiling pot, about to blow his lid from the pressure, too hot for TV, for sheezy, too many wanna be hard, be easy, it's all in together, going all out together, it don't take much to please me, still homes are never satisfied like the stones, we don't condone writing, see them selling crossbones, protecting what I'm writing, don't clash with the titan, who blasts with a license, to kill rap recitants, come on, in the zone with your nigga from the group home, to cow, fuck your lifestyle, put your life out. Get this shit to crack and got you feeling with your pipes out. Time for some action. Surfing the avenue, mad at you. Where I used to battle crews. Back when that's when that had that attitude. Cover me, I'm going in. Walls closing in. Got us busting off these pistols. My niggas got issues again. Same song, on with the mega bomb. Blow you out the frame, then I'm gone. Yo, I was gone too, but we roam. Cellular phones, dot meth. Back in the flesh, blood and bones. Don't condone. Spin bank loans and homegrown. Suckers break like turbo and ozone. When I grab the broom, moonwalk, platoon. Heart, my goons bark, leave you in the blue lagoon lost. Three nines in the club with Masu, D-Dine in the glove, right behind on the bars. Haters don't touch, weigh us both up. Now my neighbor doped up, got the cable hooked up. All channels, lift my shirt, all mammal. You ship off keys and we ship grand piano. Sword or shotgun, hand on the pump. Sipping on the 40, smoking on the blood. Bust my gun, red and meth, didn't jump. La la 